Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back live from Benchmark in Old Town with more of the score's big game broadcast featuring Mully and Haw, Bernstein and Holmes with Layla Rahimi, and the Parkins and Spiegel Show presented by Circa Sports Illinois on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. You don't have to get complicated. Look at Trent Williams. T-Rock. I'm so happy for him. Brandon Ayuk's going to his oh, first Super on. Bowl. Come on. Kristen McCaffrey's going to his first Super Bowl. Brock Purdy's going, going to, to his, his first, first Super Bowl. Bowl. Just back up here, Brock. Take one or two steps back. Back up. Go down. It's over. The Niners are going to Vegas. Uh, okay. That's KNBR's call of the 49ers victory in the NFC Championship game. And you are listening to the Circa Illinois Big Game Watch Party at Benchmark in Old Town. Look at this. What more do you want here? Mike Mulligan is here. Parkinson Spiegel are here. Layla Rahimi, Lawrence Holmes. We have a guy that looks like Luke Getze who walked in. Yeah, he looks like Luke Getze. I know. I thought it was. He's been weirding me out the whole show. I thought it was. And that guy right there looks like Luke Getze. Sir, Getzey. you're in a blue Circa hat. You're sitting close yep. to us. With a hat on, you're standing Yeah, right there he is. Yeah. Yeah. Luke Getze. Hey, Luke Getze. Why, did, why didn't you tailor the offense to Justin Fields? What's wrong why with you? Why did you make Robert Tunyon go deep? I just want to know. Why so, wasn't he blocking more? Okay, I'm not doing this. I'm I'm We're going doing off this script here. I'm, I'm, I'm ignoring this. I was going to ask something last segment, but I thought I'd save it. What is the very first Super Bowl that you actually remember watching? I got not one. that you were told about, not that you saw on NFL films that feels like you might have seen. What for sure? Do you remember it being a special day? Do you remember going somewhere or being... Just knowing that this was a big deal and understanding it was a big deal. I just remember being conscious that it was a big game that my parents and their friends were watching when Craig Morton was quarterbacking the Denver Broncos against the Dallas Cowboys. And I remember being told that he used to be a cowboy, right? He was a former... He was a Texan, right? A Dallas Texan? Okay, maybe so. No, Morton at one point. But it it had a revenge aspect to it. But and and then I and then I picked up a couple other things along the way. Eventually, I was gifted with a Randy Gratishar uh, T-shirt jersey nice. because of my affection for the Broncos that was created during that game for the Orange Crush. Yes, Super Bowl twenty. It, I mean, that was it. Like we, I I love Jim McMahon so much so that 
we weren't buying jerseys, but my mother made one for me. Like, iron on, number nine. I used to wear the headband and the sunglasses. And I just remember, like, we had basically like a watch party. And it was just, you know, me, my dad, my brother, my grandfather, and my mom. But she made chili that day. And it was terrific. And then by the time that you sit down to eat the chili, the game was over. You know, like it was because <laughs> it just ended so fast. Like I, as a, as a child, there wasn't a lot that brought me to like euphoria as a sports fan. Like the Kirk Gibson's home run. Like I remember that like being a big moment for me as a sports fan. But in 80, 86, man, like that was you talk about like your guy, like that was your guy. Like McMahon was my guy. Like I loved Walter Payton. I loved to watch Willie Galt. So that's the first one where I can remember sitting down and watching it and laughing and having like a wonderful time and just being like, man, this team is as good as everyone thought they were going to be. And they stomped on people's heads. It was very fun. Uh, 28 for me. You know, growing up in Dallas and being uh, a Cowboys fan, that was probably the one where I had, like, the most collective memories and or at least the first one of the most collective memories. And then just being absolutely devastated when they were down 21 nothing in the 49ers in the championship game the next year. And my dad is a 49ers fan, which sucks. <laughs> and so uh, Cowboys-Niners was always, like, the, uh, the sacred cow of that, of that run. So... For me, it was definitely 28, and then not watching 29, and then watching 30. And obviously, 29 has some symmetry now, but uh, yeah, that's that's it for me. It was 28. I know it's not Super Bowl 20 for you, and that would be a pretty special memory. No, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's a big one though in his it, life. It, it I is, know it is. it is. It is the biggest Super Bowl in my life, no doubt. It's why I'm here, thanks to that halftime show. But um, wow. yeah, it's true. <laughs> It's true. Was it up with people? Is that what they blew yeah, off? It sure was. Yeah. It sure was. I just really appreciate them sharing that with me. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, the, the Cowboys-Bills Super Bowl that was the blowout, is that, is that 28, 52, 17? That was 27. Uh, uh, okay, that was the first, yeah, because it was the first one for sure. Um, 30 so to when, 13 when, was 28. When I, when, I, when I was a kid, I was a Cowboys fan because I thought that, like, I thought your team was supposed to be the biggest team. Because of the Bulls and the Cubs, I was like, I, I was like, I just have to root for the team that everybody cares about. And the Bears were awful. And my dad is a Packers fan, and my mom was a Chiefs fan. So I didn't have a Bears influence in my house when I was a little kid. And so I was like, well, obviously I'm going to root for the best team because the Bulls are the best team. And so when the Cowboys were in that run at the beginning, I was a huge Cowboys fan when I was like seven, eight, nine years old, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was the first memory of, like, my team won the Super Bowl, but I picked them because they were in the Super Bowl. It was, I was six or seven. Mm -hmm. uh, first Super Bowl party, I remember, was Packers-Patriots. And my, cause my older brother Brad was at the game in New Orleans, and I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Desmond Howard kickoff yeah, return? Yeah, yeah, and then my buddy, we were playing, like, Nerf football with, like, footballs like these in the basement, and my buddy Dejus just went through a mirror with his shoulder, and he just shattered a mirror in our, in our house. It was a pretty incredible tackle. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, we were playing basement football. It was great. Uh, so, yeah, those are, those are my earliest Super Bowl memories. Been gambling ever since. I, I, <laughs> I remember the Dolphins. So that's like 70, 
three. Two. Was the Garo Yepremian against Washington? Yes. Well, that was the that was the over the hill gang, right? Mm-hmm. Washington, George. Uh, who is the coach? Allen. Uh, Allen. George Allen, uh, who used to coach for the Bears. George Allen. Great coach. The last time the Bears won a championship before they started their run, George Allen was the defensive guy. He was really the coach. Be- like Hallis technically gets credit. You talk to anybody that was on that team, it was all George Allen. But um, mm. that that's who I remember the first Super Bowl I covered was San Francisco. I think it was 94. 95, something like that. They had a kicker, okay? His name was Doug Bryan. Do you remember this guy? Little guy. Was that against the Chargers? I don't yes. I, I think it was. That was the Stan yeah. Humphreys Chargers. I don't, I don't yeah. remember. This would be the Natrone that, that was That Doug, was my Doug first Bryan, Super Bowl party. Yeah, Doug Bryan looks like uh, Brock Purdy does right now. Brock Purdy is so young looking, it's beyond belief. You know, he looks like he's in high school, and that's how Doug uh, uh, Bryan looked. He was, they were out, he comes back to the hotel, they wouldn't let him in because he didn't look, he wasn't, clearly wasn't a football player, and he kept claiming to be the kicker, <laughs> and they wouldn't let him back in the hotel, and they had to like call somebody to come down, yeah, that's our kicker, and the guy got back into the hotel. It's it just a classic, and I, I wonder to myself, you know, instead of asking Brock Purdy, you know, do you look like Lee Harvey Oswald, someone <laughs> ought to say to him, did you hear it? They asked that question this week. Someone ought to just say to him, like, yeah, you're not, you can't come in here. You're, Do, you're does he young. look like Lee Harvey Oswald, or does he look like a young Dave Gann, the lead singer of Depeche Mode? Oh, that's pretty good. Is that how you say it? I think so. I, I thought, thought it, it was Gahan. I thought it was it, Gahan, Is too. it Gahan? I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I know the, the cartoonist was Gan Wilson is how he pronounced it. So. So, uh, so the fact that a football game can end with a guy like Doug Bryan. <laughs> deciding it. I, deciding it. Is, it is sad. It's, it's, it's one of the yeah. deeply incorrect it's, things well, about this sport. So That's true. Uh, our, our, our friend I mean, Boog Shambi. No, no. Our, our, I know, but like our friend Boog Shambi, uh, I was talking about it with him, and he's like, it'd be like ending a baseball game with trivia. You know, like, it's just so random. Yeah, these guys are ripping each other's faces off. They're stepping on each other's nuts. But then because... And then then this guy comes trotting out. Because the game is called football, we need this, like, 5'6", 170-pound dude to decide the game. It's absurd. Larry David says says no kickers. I'm with that. Punters, fine, for field position, but... No kickoffs, no field goals, no extra points. I mean, it decided the Bills and Chiefs game, for God's sake. The the first ever football game played in this country uh, was, I don't know, I think it was Rutgers Rutgers, against Princeton. Princeton. And they they had nowhere, like they took the train, the other players met them, they they all went out drinking, and then they (laughs) played this game the next day. They went to a pool hall. I mean, who knows what happened. (laughs) It's considered the first rugby game ever played in this country, the first professional football game or football game, and the first soccer game. Can you imagine what that looked like? And that's how you got stuck with a kicker. That's, that's my <laughs> new belief Is now. it really considered the first soccer game Swear and rugby, to God, all of them? All those things. That's <laughs> considered the start of the sport in this country for all three sports. I will uh, square the circle here with my first Super Bowl in memory was Super Bowl Eleven with the John Madden Raiders beating the Purple People Eater Vikings. He's older than you. And 
remembering that it was a big deal. And part of the reason was the 76 season. That was in January 77. And the 76 season was the first time we started to realize this Walter Payton guy might be something. Hmm. And it changed the way we watched Bears games. Because they're like, oh, this kid out of this small school. Whoa, did he? is he doing what we think he's doing? And there were moments where it, that was the first year where it became appointment viewing to just watch 34. And, it, and then I started collecting right. football cards, and I started re- and that was, and then it just exploded from there. But that was the first time I'm like, we are sitting down and watching the Super you, Bowl and asking, are the Bears ever going to be in the Super Bowl? Do, what, what do, will it take to get the Bears do, do here? Do you remember how the gymnastics of him, if he got knocked out of bounds, he would just whoop, like he would just throw himself on the air and he'd land. He was, you never saw anything like it. And that's why Peyton at the goal line is still one of the greatest plays in the NFL Over I've the ever seen. And oh, I'm, my God. And, and I, I, always, I always say this because, you know, my dad was a high school classmate of Gail Sayers oh. and has followed his whole career, and they were you know, friendly. Where was that? In Kansas? Omaha Central. Omaha Central. And so then he went to Kansas? Well, yeah, he, despite the fact that there were some recruiting inducements that were provided from members of my family. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Gail had a summer job working for my grandfather. <laughs> See, the, the Bernsteins so have been paying off people. Oh, yeah, you put, hey, man, Nebraska, Nebraska football for long. You throwing, better, you better throwing, believe it. Throwing money at the problem <laughs> for decades. You better believe it. And then he, didn't, then he went to Kansas, so he did something wrong. But they, when, when the comments used to be made about that, he's doing stuff we haven't seen since Sayers. Right. That's whenever it's like, well, wait a second here. Because that, that's a legend, 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 you know, just burned as bright as anyone ever burned here. In, in sports. Right. And when those comps started coming in, everybody was paying attention. So did you guys see that Jarrett Payton crashed the Michael Jackson <laughs> event in Las Vegas <laughs> last night? He's been living his best life and, out there. Oh, he's having a great time. And, and we'll see him on the field today uh, for the Man of the Year Award. And I know you guys talked to him the other day. Dude brought his own hat and his own glove to the Michael Jackson dance event. I mean, or they gave him one. No, he said he said he brought his own. He oh, always he carries one just in case. He said oh, he I didn't know that. I'm he, sorry. He, in the you tweet, he, he said he brought his own. Dude stole the show for a little while. There are some incredible moves, and it, it begs the question, no. did he know Michael Jackson when he was a kid? Because... Because oh. everybody knew Walter Payton. I, I mean, Jared, Jared told us a story. Right. Jared <laughs> On the told list us of a sto- people you want to know when you're a kid. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I might have phrased that poorly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Jared, Jared went to the White House. He left Barrington grade school and went to the White House one day. You know? So it's like it was his life. But I thought the dancing chops were incredible. Well, he, he does a lot of that on Channel 9. Like, it's kind of become, like, the thing when he does his morning show hit. Like they'll he'll dance at home hey, and then yeah, like not oh that. that's right I have seen that and and then, but then like he can't be and then he the eats Chuck videos have been does he eat, eat rim at home as well <laughs> how about I'll um, leave that to you how about <laughs> Super Bowl how about <laughs> Walter on Soul Train you remember <laughs> that clip oh, Walter Payton yes. oh that was awesome he's popping you know and locking I, yeah one of the ways that jive. like if you grew up if you grew up outside of here one of the ways that you realized how immense Walter Payton's present was, was I remember Oprah talking about how people would just address on a letter, they'd say sweetness, Chicago, Illinois, and it would get to him. Oh. And I thought that, that was the most oh. 
I was like, that's, they, that's they bring it. it to the You're hill. bigger than the post office. Oh, man. You don't even need an address. That's phenomenal. I'm like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. So I want to get back to John Madden. And Dan Pompey wrote an incredible piece this week yep. about quarterback head coach combos. Yes. Trying to put Mahomes and Andy Reid in perspective. And he kind of went through. Um, all the different relationships between Bart Starr and Lombardi and Brady and Belichick and so many more. But the one he said that was the most similar was John Madden and Kenny Stabler, where Madden let Kenny Stabler be himself, be creative, um, be a little bit wild and, and, and free on the field uh, because he knew that was how he got the best out of Kenny Stabler. And I thought that was fascinating, going back to what we were talking about, how part of Andy Reid's genius is to allow his players' personalities to be part of their That's game. interesting, because after Madden retired, they traded him. Stabler? For straight up for Dan Pastorini. You're right. So, so maybe correct. they knew that nobody else could could bring out what Madden brought out with Stabler. We have a lot more to come from Benchmark. 1510 North Wells in Old Town. It's the Circa Illinois Big Game Watch Party at Benchmark. When we come back, we already heard what Lawrence had to say about Bears Super Bowl memories. Mm. We've only got two of them to remember, but we can do so when we come back on the score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We're back live from Benchmark in Old Town with more of the score's big game broadcast featuring Mully and Haw, Bernstein and Holmes with Layla Rahimi, and the Parkins and Spiegel Show, presented by Circa Sports Illinois on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Vinatieri on the approach, flat falls, popping here in Miami. It sails to the far side around the 8-yard line to Hester. Under it, and to the middle with the 15, to the 20, breaks free of the 25, to the 30, to the outside, 40, midfield, 40, 30 to the coach, 20, 15, Hester 5, touchdown Bears! No way! A fast start. Delivered by the Windy City Flyer, the man they called anytime down here in Miami, Riviera Beach, Florida, to the big stage, the biggest in professional sports. Devin Hester, you are ridiculous. 
and it was all seashells and balloons from then on. <laughs> it's probably, a, it's a, it was a score game in, in the, into the fourth it was, quarter. It was after the one score game. touchdown. But the you were wondering now, boy, if only I could see what's going on. It sounds like so much fun that they're having at the Circa Illinois Big Game Watch Party at Benchmark in Old Town. Well, you can see twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 the score right there there's a camera you can see us we're here you can come out and join us and then it's even easier to see us if you're standing right here yeah that's how it works don't forget too when we get done at three the official pregame is going to start on our airwaves kickoff at 5 30 the super bowl can be heard exclusively on chicago's 670 the score or with the free odyssey app the Bears have been in two Super Bowls. I know, Lawrence, you shared your memories of the first one. I also covered the other one, And Dan. the other one, you're, you were We were there together. Yes, indeed. I left before the game, though. That's yes. After that, I was there for nine days. After that Friday show that was that will there, probably never be topped. Look, there's nothing better, as far as Super Bowl memories go, our Friday 5 o'clock Bears hit with me and Zach is my most cherished radio memory. Zach and I, by that point, were absolutely delusional. Punchy. Like we were, we had been there. We had been there three days before you guys even got there. And then I was traveling back and forth to Fort Lauderdale, where, you know, I I was having the head coach of the Colts lie to me about what he was going to do on the kickoff. Um, and and then we get to the Friday, and that Friday was Lovey Pittsburgh. It was. That's right. It was Mo Rocca. It was. It was Lovey Pittsburgh. Mo Rocca. Prince. Amanda Beard. And then the five o'clock Bears hit with you guys and a man and Amanda Beard and Zach flirting with each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and wasn't Friday that it was Friday the day that we were hitting on Matt Hasselbeck's mom too? What? Yeah, we were perving on his mom. <laughs> Well, it was we a different just, era. They how were do doing, you reenact the show based on all of this? <laughs> no, like like they, they were doing like the Chunky Soup ad, and she came and sat down, and she was super nice. She was really, really nice. And she, like, went with – we were, like, having fun, and she went with a bit. And then I think Matt got up, and he was like, I've had quite enough of this. Yeah, <laughs> if you remember, <laughs> remember, he was recovering from surgery. That's right. And so he had he, this massive uh, contraption propping up his arm because he was having a, this full like AC joint repair being done. So he's got this complex network of like trusses and on. And, and he's trying to get out of the chair and angrily. you guys are hitting on his mom. Like, Your mom's hot. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, was, it was kind Solid. of a, a crazy day. And then you get to that hit and you guys, like, we were playing sound and stuff, and it's like, it was so ridiculous, and a bat of cola's there, and Goff was on the board just hitting us with every possible drop. Yeah, and Terry was just completely, he was oblivious half the time to the fact that he was on the air, because people would be walking by, like, hey, there's my guy, it's like, Terry, they can't see you, they don't know <laughs> well, what Well, he, do- he was doing the show for the Sports Monster in Tampa. <laughs> Or whatever it was. That was different. There was there was the different, lady different Super Bowl. There was there was the really was it Amanda Nunez, the really nice Hooters girl that was just sitting there eating donuts with all yeah, of us. She wouldn't leave. It was great. Like it was that was astounding. Like that Super Bowl experience was really astounding. And then you get to the game part, and I told the story a little bit on Friday. Like I'm in the back of the room when press when Prince does this press conference. 
where no one thinks he's going to answer questions. That was that is the thing I am perhaps most envious of of anything any of you have ever done. I, I got to see Prince in a room with two hundred people because he played. Yeah. He played, and he just like he was like, oh yeah, I'm totally answering your questions. The guy yeah, asked they, a question. they came out and they announced there's been a rumor that Prince won't talk. He's willing to answer any questions, and a guy asked him like a legitimate question about why he wouldn't talk, and he just he turned answered, around. He answered with the guitar, and then they did, like, three songs. Yep. And it, he had the – they called them the twins. They were they the were. girls part of his show. It was – I my wife is home with our three children, and I called, and I just held up my phone so she could hear the little concert. It, I mean, you're right in front of Prince. It, it was, it was amazing. And, and then he was like, see you all at the Super Bowl, and he walks off. But oh, I, incredible. But I remember, like, before that – the people that were running the the convention center were like, all of the bathrooms are are offline. Like you can't, like Prince has got control of, of the everything. entire space that's yeah. here. And then you go, and I was mesmerized. Like oh, it's still like it's I was sitting in the back of the room, just my mouth agape because I was like, this is my favorite artist of all time. And I'm in a room with 200 people watching him rock out. And knowing that I was going to get to see him again at the Super Bowl. In the rain. In, in the rain. And, and the Singing Purple Rain in the Rain. The director told the story to Rich Eisen where he was saying that what, what they were concerned about is that the rain was causing this kind of purpley smoke yes. to come off the lights. And that worked. And, and they said to Prince, like, hey, you know, it's raining. You know, we're, we're really sorry. And he's like. Well, there was also, they said that the. The, the mylar floor. Right. It yeah. was super slippery even when it was dry. Right. And Prince was like, can you make it rain harder? <laughs> That's awesome. And, and so, you know, I go from that to being the last person in the convention center because the score did a pregame show. I made it to the stadium right as the ball was being kicked off. And you see Devin Hester. And you see Devin Hester do that thing That's after cool. Tony Dungy had told me all week. That they all weren't week. going to kick they, 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 And then, you know. I told everyone that. Yep. Yeah. Because, and then I found out, you know, I, I confronted him last year about it. <laughs> you? On Football Night in Chicago. I confronted him. I was like, you lied to me. And he's like, I, I've been reading the Bible and there was this verse about fear and, and we didn't want to be afraid and. So we changed it last minute and decided to kick to him. And then, of course, he has one of the most historic Super Bowl moments of all time. Where's your Messiah now? God, <laughs> God is a terrible game right? <laughs> we had also talked about a little bit about Super Bowl Twenty and the memories there. If, if, if somebody's young enough to really have not appreciated what the run-up to that game was, I was reminded of it when I was going through some old Sports Illustrateds of mine from that year. They're, and they're in terrific shape. I'm surprised how good they look. The Sports Illustrated cover that week before the game, the headline, anybody remember it? Chicago's D spells doom for the Patriots. Yeah. That was the cover of Sports <laughs> Illustrated. was a picture of Mike Singletary, a diagram of the 46 defense yeah. with X's and O's except a refrigerator in place of number 72, a tiny little refrigerator icon. And that was the cover of SI basically saying, this game's over. And the inevitability of it, the coronation, the absolute inevitability of it, yeah. there was never 
a doubt. It was because I, it wasn't the Dolphins, right? Is that yes? Squish the fish was the Patriots right? thing. The wasn't Dolphins, that the thing? yeah, because the Dolphins be. had Dolphins beat them. them. That's, that's, what, that's, yeah. what that, that, yes. that's what I'm saying. So it, 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 that would not have been the storyline going into that game no. if the no. if the Dolphins would have beaten the Patriots. It would have been a rematch. It would have right? Okay. It, so I have a, I have a question. So you spoke last. I, segment. I just want to say one thing. When you talk about the popularity of that Super Bowl and what it meant and all that, I was in Metro the night before the game, and at the time, they just had TVs top to bottom, and they would play stuff on these televisions. I mean, there were probably like 90 televisions on an entire wall, and they played the Super Bowl shuffle, and everyone stopped and just started screaming and cheering for the at Bears. Metro at Metro Sports? Metro. No, Metro. The Rock Club. Club. Where the Smart metro, Bar yeah. is in the basement. Oh, oh, the metro. oh. And it's, they played that song. Everybody went crazy. Wow. And we were like, oh, my God, this is bigger than anything that's happened in Chicago that I can recall. That, that's amazing. Well, well Mully, help me with this then, because Bernsey talked about the specter of Walter Payton and how everybody knew he was great and can the Bears win a Super Bowl. So then there they are winning the Super Bowl, and they have this chance to keep piling it on and rubbing in. And Ditka gives the ball to the fridge yeah. instead of Walter Payton. Right, can so you dispel whatever myths there are about that? I can tell you that I was at a party with a bunch of dudes. We were watching the game, and Walter fumbles early in the game, and somebody throws an empty beer can at the screen and jumps up and says, of course they're not going to win. They got that old man. They got that loser. He's lost his whole career. And storms out of the room, and we're all sitting there like, Oh, my God, like the curse of Peyton has somehow hit the Bears. Oh. I, I mean, that happened. After Tony Franklin and, bangs it through then, for the 3 nothing and lead. And then literally by the end of the game, it's like, oh, get Walter his touchdown. Same guy. <laughs> <laughs> After Reggie Phillips and Jim Morrissey get touchdowns, you figure that maybe yeah. they can find one for 34. And Henry Wachter got a save. Yeah, but, I, you know, the year before, it had, they lost in the championship game, and they had that – that Walter sitting on the bench, his his head in his hands, and it's like he knew he was never going to win a Super Bowl. That was his last chance. And then the next year, they're just unbeatable. And the the the, uh, the Minnesota game when Jim McMahon came back, that was the most unbelievable, amazing thing. And you knew from that point on that it was just all Bears. The the other one was that they played Dallas, and they beat them. I think it was forty four to nothing. nothing. And you could hear a pin drop. It's just the Bears beating the crap out of Dallas. That that was extraordinary because wow. the Cowboys were still the Cowboys. The idea of the Bears being a dominant force is a... The most dominant force. No, I know. Incredible. It, it's a tough thing for me to imagine. <laughs> what this city you know? would be like. What this bar would be like. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's what... We all hope for it's like the one thing that like unifies the sports city. But even the the Lovey team, the you know 2005, like it was, the defense was good. It had Urlacher. It was it was amazing. Right. Hester's in the Hall of Fame. Like right. there, there are all timers on that team. Obviously, I mean Hester's was my favorite bear. You know what I mean? But like of my lifetime, I've said it before. Like I don't remember Walter. I obviously don't remember Gail Sayers. So until Justin Fields came along. Devin Hester is the most exciting bear with the ball in his hand in my lifetime. Like, he's awesome, 
but he's a kick returner. Like, it's not how it's supposed to be. People rooted like, for the Bears to lose the toss back before the deferral became. <laughs> right. People always wanted to start the game on defense. Right. Because that was the identity. That they would they would come out there. You didn't you, okay, we'd get we'll get around to the offense. I, I will I say though that being, there were there were moments inside of that run though. Remember in, in 06, Rex Grossman was the offensive player of the month in September. I want to say his passer rating was like one ten or something for the four games that he played. And they had Thomas Jones, and they had Cedric Benson. Thomas so, Jones was great. I, I, there, there are still yeah. Bears fans who are angry to this day that, that Thomas yep. Jones was moved aside for Cedric Benson. Thomas Jones, he's like, this is a rough day for him. I've talked with him, and he's like, he does not watch the Super Bowl right. because of what happened Man. in Miami, that he can't bring himself to watch. He's like, I always end up in the gym on Super Bowl Sunday during the game because I can't watch it. I can't watch someone else win knowing how close that Bears team was to winning it. They, and they, and they were without Tommy Harris and Mike, and Brown. Mike, and Mike Brown. Brown. I mean, think about that. They how won. much better they would have been in that game with those two guys. Watching from afar, there was a respect for Rex Grossman if you watched enough college football to know that he was – he was a capable quarterback. like And Cedric Benson, obviously, where I'm from, you, you knew exactly what he could do. Right. But, like, you were screaming for Devin Hester. Like, that was that was it. Like, you, you couldn't wait to watch him attempt anything because you were hoping that he would be near the ball. So that was, that was like, the best moment. Like, everybody, I feel like, was watching for Hester. That this, is, this is Zach's story, but, but I'll try to do it justice. The Bears went down. I think they played Houston. And there's a security guard there. There's a Texas Ranger there that's shaking as he walks up to Cedric Benson mm -hmm. to shake his hand. And Zach is standing there, and he goes, what's that about? And Cedric Benson, you know, is like, he's seen me play. <laughs> and, like, and then you realize, like, the enormity of what Cedric Benson's career at Texas like, from the time that he was in eighth grade, like, people talking about him yes. as being kid. the guy. But it was also that, like, that was the last bastion of, like, big boy West Texas football, too. Like, that's the Midland Odessa Permian leftovers. Mm. Like, that's uh, before everybody. Like, the, he represented a I, lot to us. Like, we had heard about him from high school, and that was something that I, uh, you just didn't see very often. Look at the specter. I, I just got to tell quickly. I asked him one time about playing at Texas and what it was like. And he said that Matthew McConaughey was at every game and that he would, like, if you scored a touchdown, he would, like, jump on the pile and you could smell whiskey off of him. And he said, he said, imagine that, like, saying words for a living, acting. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> look, at the, uh, look at the identity of all these good Bears teams we're talking about. Defense. Mm -hmm. Every single one. Defense. The best quarterback is McMahon. And... And we all know that, uh, that 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 defense still hated McMahon, even with, even with everything. So everybody hated McMahon. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but we're, uh, all, we're we are next president. That was my <laughs> dude. Did, did you hear the show? That's right. He that was my dude. That you can't say nothing bad about Jimmy Mack to me. Uh, when we come back, you heard about the Bears-specific Radio Row Super Bowl memories. But uh, any of those of us who have spent time in that menagerie have many others. 
So we'll share those when we return to the Circa Illinois Big Game Watch Party at Benchmark in Old Town, 1510 North Wells. Still plenty of time to come out and say, hey, you've got the score. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. There's your Super Bowl, Grabber, for me anyway. San Francisco and New England. What are you doing for the Super Bowl this year, Grabber? Uh, still, come over? still working on okay. things. Okay, so you're invited over, man. Still working on things that I'm not at liberty to talk about yet. Really? Yeah. Are you going someplace? Maybe? you're going. Not yeah. at liberty to talk about. Uh, oh, you might be going to the Super Bowl. Not at liberty to talk. Oh, who's singing at the Super Bowl this year? That would be Bruno Mars. <laughs> You're going to the Super Bowl. Bruno, over here. Where but did you learn your dance move? All right, so you're going to the Super Bowl. I am not at liberty to tell. Will, will you drop it? I'm dead serious. Because <laughs> there was some scam. That's why. <laughs> that, that was famously classic. Mark Grody ruining <laughs> The whatever surprise Les Grobstein had arranged for himself through probably some unsavory channels to allow himself to attend the Super Bowl. He was busy cobbling miles together from eight different airlines how to many, facilitate the trip. How many times do I have to tell you, working overnights, there is a code, okay? If you work late night or overnight, you're the only ones working. You got guys, all right? That's the you Omerta. got some connects. And I'm not at liberty to say. I can't say. <laughs> Grody just busted him. <laughs> he was a, generally peeved. I mean, that, uh, oh, no, that, that was not, real. Oh, that was real. That was real. Yeah. Now, this is the Circa Illinois Big Game Watch Party at Benchmark in Old Town. And I, I think as we remember Radio Row experiences, and I heard him coming in because he's now an Odyssey NFL insider. But I, I think it's the only time I've ever done a full hour of my own show drunk. <laughs> Just one hour. The first hour of the show, we were out all night. You were there, Lawrence. It was in Houston. 
No, I was not. I was not in Houston. Well, then, are you sure? Yes, I'm. I'm <laughs> I don't remember. He was much. Are you sure? You the drunk yeah. Because Dan Zampillo. Z was probably was there, but us. I wasn't. And the night started out fine. And then it kept going. That's how these things happen. And, and, and I, it ended up being a really contentious interview with Brian Baldinger because I was mad at him for at the end of the, during the Brock Forsey game, when Brock Forsey ran for over 100 yards, he was saying, this is why you can't fire Dick Duran. And I basically started the interview by saying, what's wrong with you? How could you possibly use anything that happened in that game it had to have anything to do with whether or not you keep Dick Duran. Like, what kind of stupidity is that? And he's like, I didn't know it was going to be this kind of interview. I'm like, well, I didn't either. <laughs> I didn't either, because I'm not so Right. I, I, I'm not doing very well. And I talked about it uh, with him later, about how that went, and I, and I told him the story about uh, what the situation was. And it ended up being a great show. And... I think we had Rich Eisen on talking about the fledgling NFL Network. They had just debuted the NFL Network. And I think Eisen got mad at me because I, I asked him questions like, why should we expect that you're going to be objective when you're working for the league? Uh, every Burnsy story ends with somebody getting mad at me. Somebody mad at me, <laughs> right. So, well, at least so those are the memorable ones. The first time I was ever at Radio Row was working for Sporting News Radio. It was the game in Arizona when the undefeated Patriots ended up getting beaten by the Giants. And I was out there, and Sporting News, um, in their generosity, decided to send me the evening host. And so Radio Row hopping during the day, just happening. At night, nobody there whatsoever. So I was essentially alone, the only broadcaster at a table. Not some random brain-dead NFLer selling no, medicines? Nothing, no? nothing. Okay. You had ta um, tape interviews during the day? Yeah, I taped interviews Very, during the day. Yeah. That, that's what I taped with... Um, I taped with Drew Rosenhaus, who was there with the Burger King. So I taped that interview, which I thought was very good. Thank you for noticing. I taped, unfortunately, with Jared from Subway at that Super Bowl. <laughs> so, so far you've had yeah. Michael Jackson as a kid right. and Jared from Subway. But so, you know, but, but oh, you had, I, had, I had a great time. I replayed stuff, talked about stuff, whatever. I interviewed the, uh, the, the woman who was cleaning the floors um, there at Radio Row. And I asked a Sporting News colleague if they would mind coming over. And Mike Mulligan, a Sporting News Radio colleague, a, a little bit at, at the time, Mike, or, or, or had you previously been? I had previously worked yeah. at the so Sporting News. Yeah, so I asked you, at that one. you, he came over and did like an hour with me. At we had a lot of fun. Oh my God, it was incredible. I was like, yeah. I, it was like my one live guest of the yeah. entire week was me and Mully at like nine o'clock at night and we had an awesome time just talking ball, hanging out, whatever. And I, I, that was really kind and generous of you during a Super Bowl week, and we had a great time. I, I was still a sports writer then, and I was, you know, you got to write ahead and work on stuff. So I was just sitting in the hotel room writing, and I just walked across the street, and you're there, and we sat down, and we had a great time. It was delightful. And it was a beautiful break. Clear your mind. Go back and finish your stuff. It was I wonderful. I've only done Radio Row once, and I feel like I, I love radio so much, but I was just born too late. Like, I missed the heyday of the salaries and the all of the trips and all of that stuff. But so we went. But you were there for the El Tapatio food drop. Right? I was there for that. I was, was not, and I am jealous. It was incredible. Yeah, I, you missed out. Uh, yeah, I heard. I saw. Thanks. 2014 in Arizona, the uh, the Seahawks-Patriots Super Bowl where they, where they didn't give the ball to Beast Mode. But 
I mean, so many things in just one week. Like whether it was my old producer Ben Heisler getting to do his impressions for Frank Caliendo, uh, <laughs> JB Smoove was the radio row or the media day correspondent for the Rich Eisen show, but then wasn't set to come to Radio Row. We found his publicist, called them, and this was before like it had really blown up. He had just done one season of Curb, and he was like, yeah, I'll come to Radio Row if you pay for my Uber. And I was like, yeah, I'll pay for your Uber. And so we paid for J.B. Smoove's Uber, and he came, and Curb was huge, and everyone was like, J.B., J.B., like Fox Sports Radio was trying to get him, all these like huge shows were trying to get him. He was like, no, I'm loyal to Kansas City. And he just like <laughs> he just like he just walked past all of the shows and came and did 25 minutes with us at the top of the five o'clock hour. I'm like a diehard curb fan. Good for him. And it was and then and then and then we had to pay for his Uber out. And so from five to five twenty-five, he did it with us. Then he did like two other interviews and then left with us at six o'clock. He called my then-girlfriend, we're watching Curb, called Steph on the phone. She didn't answer, left, him, left her a voicemail and said, Hey, Stephanie, it's JB Smoove. I'm on my way home, honey. I <laughs> 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 like, hung up the phone. Like, unbelievable. Uh, we were Joe, Joe Hayden's bodyguard sat down at our table and thought that we were funny as Joe Hayden was doing some interview. And he was like, you guys got to come to this party that we're throwing tonight at the W Hotel in Scottsdale. And it was the Suits and Sneakers party with Odell Beckham and Joe Hayden as the hosts. And we had a great time. <laughs> we had a great time. I don't know if anything will ever top the first Super Bowl I covered. It was Super Bowl 30 in 96 in Phoenix. And McNeil and Boers, I don't know how this happened, but they had Tom Flores and Bill Walsh on at the same time. What? Wow. Talking football. Wow. And his talking the Super Bowl in history, and you just I I walked over and just man there there they were. He just they, he was walking by and they they flagged down Bill and Flores flagged and he sure I'll put a headset on, and they just that was, again it was like twenty minutes twenty five minutes Amazing. of them just talking. I just was as a listener always hoping for a fight. That's all I wanted. Usually when the score would show up at these things, there was someone that was going, like, you know, Michael Strahan or anyone else that, that, that Mac would have to go outside against. Um, I remember from the Radio Row experience, obviously, what happened with, with our 5 o'clock Bears hit. I also remember just being out on South Beach and being like, don't you have a curfew? <laughs> Don't you have? I know you have. Don't a curfew. you have a game to play this? Don't you have a game to play, Mr. Long Snapper? Vegas might be a, a truth teller in that respect as well. They're, they're, no they're one, all off the script. I'm a no Mr. Mr. No Will Linebacker, Mr. Defensive End, Mr. <laughs> starting Running Back. There were a lot of guys out there drinking Land Shark that week. Uh, no one's done a runner at this Super Bowl. No one's gotten arrested last night. We haven't oh, heard the, anything. The genie Rob. What? This yeah. Super Bowl, this, Dan. This, yeah. Yeah, it's a big win for Vegas that there hasn't been a Pac-Man yeah. Jones at the All-Star exactly. Game incident. Wouldn't you think that this would be the perfect this would be place? The one, they're right? staying 25 miles off the strip. Yeah. They're, they're the, the, bo both teams are like, no gambling, like even table games, and they're, they're being forced to stay way off the strip by, by their teams. Uh, we are live at Benchmark, 1510 North Wells. Benchmark, by the way, get out here in the next hour. Benchmark is registering people for a shot to win a trip to Circa. Let's go. Three nights, 1000 bucks at Stadium Swim. Transportation, wow. pretty ridiculous. Uh,
There is a Bears quarterback report from Schefter out today, and yep. we'll talk about when the Bears are getting into the next game, uh, the big game, not the next game. The next game will be uh, probably the Hall of Fame game in Canton. Come see us. It is The Score with Circa at Benchmark on. Uh, yeah, The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.